Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on FM 105.3 in New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nagasio, along with my fantastic co-hosts, Sean Kelly and John Ventry. I just want to let you guys all know that you need to comment in YouTube for us to be able to see you. We're on all multiple platforms now. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble. Rook, Roku, um, Roku, Roku. Oh gosh, um, all the different platforms across and SoundCloud. If you don't watch us live and video, you can listen to us on the radio on your drive home from work, on a walk, while you're having your coffee. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you share this live stream if you're listening. You have no idea how it helps us. And to keep us on the radio, we need your support. So, so make sure you share with your friends. Talk about us. Let us know how you like us. And if you have any ideas for upcoming shows, please comment and let us know. Because you know what? We want to make you happy. And that's what's important. So we have so much to talk about tonight. We have a fantastic guest on the show. But I just want to touch base with a few things that's going on. Just a reminder, my trilogy, From the Sky, all three books, From the Sky, Aurora's Curtain, and Equinox, and hopefully the pre will be available before the end of the year, I hope, because <laughs> I keep trying to push it out there. It's a great um, young adult um, sci-fi mystery love story, whatever you want to call it. But if you're into that kind of stuff, please check it out and make sure you do a review also. So, and also, I just want to let you know that um, I have my own show that I'm just going to be co-hosting um, yeah. by myself. <laughs> Good. Hosting, hosting myself. Well, you never know. You know I have multiple personalities. Well, you, never know. Know. you never you know, know who's going to be on. <laughs> so yes. It depends on what phase of the moon. Like, I think it's the waxing phase, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Pretty soon. Wax on. Wax, wax on. on. There you go. Right. Definitely. But um, it's going to be... A different kind of show for the UPRN network. Um, it's more like a variety. What's hot? What's not? Um, all the all the latest news headlines. Um, some really controversial things. Our first show. So I'm going to go out and say it's going to be dating in 2023. Is for the first oh, half. Lord. But the ha second half is does pickle size really matter? 
<laughs> so you can use your imagination when I say pickle. Um, uh, dating so, and pickle. Size does, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to the pickle. <laughs> it depends on the pickle. the pickle. And so my it matters slogan, to the jar. Yeah. So that's going to be our first show. It's on February 15th. So if you guys can all follow me, I'd appreciate it. So I think it's going to be a little different. I think it's going to be lively. It's going to be spontaneous. It's going to be edgy. Um, it's going to be me because it's, it's going to be called, it is in the know with Jenny. So, and my motto, every show, like Sean always has his little motto, but mine is life is art. So live yours in color. So that's what my motto is going to be for every ending of the show, but I'm excited about it. Cause it's basically, it's what I wanted to do in the beginning before the paranormal it was my son. He's the one that convinced me to do paranormal. Aunt I love, I love paranormal, but um, I want to do more things. And I thought we'll just keep this show paranormal. And, you know, with everything and everything we know beyond the scope of normals on this show. And, so the other show is going to be what's on the news, you know, a little bit of a little um, controversy stuff. I want to at talk. least you get the vent. You can vent. Yeah, I'm going to be like it's sort of like Wendy Bell with all the without all the, you know, I told you politics. the way you were going to get there. No, it's not, it, did it, I not? Well, no, it's did not. Did I not be, tell you? It's you not going to be. Now you're going to be the next Wendy Bell. Well, no, it's not going to be that kind of. Um, it's not going to be like bells. without the bells. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm not going to go. You know how I am. Like, I would like to talk about how women are so lately are so, I don't know what's wrong with them. Um, I wanted to, to talk about, um, before we bring our guest in, uh, Christina George, I just want to talk about like what's in the headlines. And I just want to show you that real quick. So I, I know I have it up here for us. I hope I get, that's another thing. I would like to hire, if somebody is in school and wants a little gig, you know, make a couple extra bucks and you want to help me be my co-pilot over here for my show or this show, they can help, you know, run everything. Like I would like to have two cameras. I would like to have video. I would like to have more whistles and bells and, and musical uh, sound bites, but I can't do it all myself. So it's kind of hard because, you know, even with my multiple personalities, it's just too hard to do. So. But I would like to talk about this. And can you see that guys? Tell me if I got it on the screen. I that am looks like Madonna. I, I am offended. I am offended as a woman, as a Christian, as a Catholic. I'm offended by this. I don't like it. I don't I don't like it. And I and I don't know what's wrong with society that we think this is okay. It's not okay. It's offending me. And if it probably offends the man on the cross too. And I don't care what religion you are. You know, this, you know, if, if this was somebody else's religion, you'd be offended too. If this was, well, somebody you, else. you know, if, if you remember the Super Bowl from, I think it was 2012. She, she was did, in that. Yes. She, she was did in an that. act that was on the cross and, and, you know, she's done this before. This is, yes, this her is her thing. thing I'm sorry. Money. She, what is she? How old is she? We're about the same age. No, she's, about... a, no she's like 66. 67. Okay. Nobody wants to see you on stage when you do stuff like that. And I'm sorry, as a woman, I am offended. No, yeah. if there's anybody else out but there's offended, you gotta I'm realize, like hate mail. You got to realize like a lot of Hollywood people, she has sold her soul, she to, sold the her devil soul to the devil and for money a... and fame. There's no exactly. doubt in my mind. And you know what? I, I listened to an interview 20 years ago, uh, the other girls that came out the same time as she did on MTV, they all said she was not the most talented. 
she wasn't. A lot of the other girls were better singers than her. And who knows what she did with Harry Weinstein, you know. To, I don't yeah. know what she did with Harry. But, but she but <laughs> and she ended up being the one and she's she was never the best singer, you know. Yeah. And you know, it's nice to I'm 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 gonna be honest with people probably think, you know, I have I have a lot of people in my community to think, what the hell are you doing doing paranormal? Because I don't think there's anything wrong with being paranormal, being a Christian, because honey. I believe there are spirits. Whoa. I believe Whoa. there are a lot uh -oh. of things out there, UFOs. And in fact, we've had this discussion many times before. I think, you know, Christ and um, aliens, what do you want to call it? Fallen angels, demons, angels out there, they all are linked together into the supernatural and the paranormal. But before we go on, I just want to bring on Christine because I don't want her to say, hey. And what I, do, when, I got one thing I got to tell you, though. What? Ready? Your no. friend, Val Thor. Oh, your God. Favorite. Please, he's not my friend. <laughs> Listen, I am hosting. I'm the MC and host. They're doing in New Jersey at High Bridge. You know the picture of him, the Val Thor and the girl yeah. and the guy sitting? They're doing an event there to honor Howard Manga. That was the uh, the owner of the farm. They're doing the Howard, Howard Manga story. And I'm the MC the host and I'll present and there's about five, six different people presenting. So that's going to be, uh, I can't remember July, I think is when they're doing it in Highbridge, New Jersey, where that event took place, whatever it was 50 years ago. So I'll I'm get you the inside scoop on Val Thor. Oh there's yeah. A lot. I, would, I would like to hear about Val. Apparently Thor. there's a lot more evidence on it than I, I thought, cause I've been, they've been sending me their emails and, uh, a lot more pictures and different stuff. So uh, yeah, I think it was one of those one-time things, you know. Well, how did you get that gig? Uh, I know the people running it, and they've come to the Philly uh, UFO conference, and they know how I run it. And, you know, I'm a pretty good public speaker and very knowledgeable. And they said, would you help us run this and, and be the MC and speak? And I said, yeah, wow. I That's great. Well, I love yeah. to hear about Val Thor. I mean, I have nightmares about him, but... I'd like to hear about Christine. You know, oh, I will. <laughs> Christina Let's George go. is a psychic medium who's been investigating everything paranormal for the past 15 years in the public eye and has had paranormal experiences for over 50 years in total. That's a lot of years, Christina. Christina's experienced spirits in the paranormal activity since childhood and has not had not one but two oh my god two near death experiences wow that's crazy i think one would be enough for me <laughs> i don't know man that's crazy that she says changed the way that she not only looked at life but also death i bet it would and her role in the paranormal is wow that would change your whole role in the paranormal if you had an experience like that so i can't wait to hear about that she started her own paranormal group to help residential residential clients and for the, over 10 years she's also mentored, mentored children and teens with psychic abilities i've wow that's so awesome i didn't even know there was i can't wait to talk there's children that actually go around and think they have you know wow abilities and she's helped their parents better understand what they've experienced and how to control it and she's also spoken at many conferences and about the importance of state safety and protection as well. She's been featured in many books, 
describing just some of the most terrifying investigations she's experienced during her time in the field. Over 10 years ago, she also started a radio show called Paranormal Connections that she still hosts today. Well, I want to bring her on without further ado. So let me go ahead and bring Christina into the live stream. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate oh, this. Thank you yeah. for being on. This is <laughs> this is an honor, you know. Yes, I mean, it is. I've been waiting so long to get a chance to just to listen to you and get to talking to, you know, different things with you. And she's going to be on um, video as soon as she's uh, in a different location, but that's good. Look, Christina, I mean, it's weird that I actually found you. I searched. So strange. Yeah. Yeah. But we were <laughs> discussing that last night. I was weird. I was looking for someone. I wanted to have someone good on the show and we've been having a lot of difficulty. And I don't know if it's because my website wasn't, hasn't been up, but thankfully I found you. And uh, it turns out that you have a connection with, uh, UPRN2 on FM 105.3 and 107.5, I believe it is. So, um, absolutely. Tell me, how yeah. did you, let's start from the beginning. How did you, I mean, get into this field and what led you to um, where you are today? Well, I will tell you, I did not choose this path. <laughs> uh, it was something I was born with. Uh, I could see spirits as young as about four years old that I can remember. Um, let's, let's, started, uh, started there. Uh, I will tell you, I never had any fear as a child of anything, uh, any of the spirits, but I also didn't encounter anything other than just human spirits that were in a few of the houses that we lived in that, you know, they would come to me, talk to me, tell me things, but it was very, I knew that nobody else was seeing them, but as a child, you know, you, you try to explain adults don't, especially back then I'm, I'm 55. So back then, uh, parents didn't really understand. This wasn't something that was discussed. I was also came from a very, very, very strict Catholic background. And so I can relate was, to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely something that wasn't, you know, uh, talked about and uh, kind of started there. You know, when I started trying to tell like my mom, my grandma, you know, different things or they'd ask me who I was talking to. It was always just kind of poo pooed off saying, you know, oh, she's got an imaginary friend. Or if mm -hmm. I said I saw something, they'd say, oh, there's nothing there. You know, it's just an imaginary friend. And, you know, as a child. It's very confusing. You know, people are telling you it's not happening. It's not real, mm -hmm. but it's very real in your life. So you really don't know what to do. So it was kind of an awkward child, I would say. I mean, I'm a very social person, but I was, I kind of had to live two separate lives growing up, um, especially once I got into school, um, just because it, Again, that wasn't a topic that you could really talk about. And probably it took me until I got to about middle school. And, you know, I, I really wanted friends. I wanted to fit in. And every time that I would get close to somebody and we'd be really good friends and then I would decide to let them know what I was experiencing, it either scared the heck out of them 
or they would go home and mention it to their parents. And at that point, they were no longer allowed to talk to me, have anything to do with me. So again, as a child, it was very, very concerning and confusing just to try to figure out what exactly was really going on with me. Um, so it kind of, you know, starts there as a, I didn't know. I, I knew nothing about quote unquote paranormal or psychic abilities. The only thing I knew about a psychic back in those times was like Miss Cleo and Dionne yeah. Warwick and they had like the psychic hotlines. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't that. Oh, I remember that. That was <laughs> I remember them. Oh my God. <laughs> right. So yes. I, you know, I had no idea what I was experiencing, what was going on. So I really didn't have a lot of friends until about high school. Now, mind you, uh, growing up, my mom worked. Um, we, I grew up in Napa Valley and my mom was a bartender and the main cemetery was right across the street from her job. So I literally pretty much every day after school, I would spend, I walk down to the cemetery, hang out there, then, you know, go get in the car, hang out until it was time for my mom to get off and go home. Uh, and so I, I was just kind of a loner, you know, and although I had, I knew a lot of people, I just, I didn't have friends that wanted to like hang out or invite me to go anywhere or do anything. So mm -hmm. um, I happened to be hanging out at the cemetery. I used to meditate out there a lot. I mean, a lot of people were like freaked out by the cemeteries. I found like that was my like, peaceful place. I oh, could go yeah. there and let everything else go away. Although I got a lot of interaction sometimes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I, I used to love to go there. And one time I met this group of kids there, a couple girls and a couple guys, and they were all goth kids. Mm -hmm. And so they were kind of, you know, saw me sitting out there by myself in the graveyard and they were like, Oh, you know, what are you doing out here? Why would you be out? Just do you have family here? And I said, Oh no, you know, I just kinda like to hang out here. And so we got into more of a, a talking and yeah, I was kind of interested in why they were there as well. Same thing. So eventually I ended up, you know, telling them uh, a little bit about my paranormal experiences and that I could see spirits and things like that. And instead of it freaking them out, it completely completely was opposite. They were like so intrigued and just like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so cool. And so now like I'm instantly thinking, hey man, I finally found a group that I can fit in. They weren't scared away. Like they seemed to be cool people. Everything was good. By the next weekend, I got an invite by one of the girls to come and do a sleepover. So again, I'm in high school. It's the first time I've ever been invited to a sleepover. So I'm super stoked. I get there, bring my little bag in, walk in, and um, I follow the girl into, it was like a, a room that had been built onto the garage. And I walk in there, and the first thing I see is a table, just like a little square table, and they had candles, and they had a Ouija board. Oh, jeez. Ouija board. Now, yeah, but uh, mind you, I'm young, and during those times, like pretty much every one of my friends' parents had a Ouija board in their board game closet. <laughs> so it was nothing. <laughs> right. So it was like nothing that I was that scared me. I mean, I never used one only because I 
could interact with spirits without needing one. So it was like, why? Um, and I just never was interested. But again, I had no fear because I'd been around plenty of them and, and people used them all the time. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to do the Ouija board. And this is how we're going to see if you really, really can see and interact with spirits. So I'm, I'm a little confused because I don't know what a Ouija board has to do with finding out if I'm telling the truth or not about if I have, I can yeah. see spirits. But I'm like, okay, I'm down. So they're like, all right, we're going to ask questions and then we want you to answer what the board is going to answer. Hmm. I'm like, well, I'd never done anything like that before. So I didn't really know how that was going to work, but I'm like, sure. Okay, whatever. So they start doing the Ouija board, blah, blah, blah. They're asking just some like basic questions. And then all of a sudden they start asking questions and I just pretty much said, okay, anybody that's coming through, can you please let me know the answers? And so they were asking the questions. I would give an answer. And before you know, the planchette would be going, moving around and it would spell out exactly what I had said. So the first time they all kind of looked at each other and they're like, all right, whoever's guiding this, knock it off. And everybody's like, no, no, it's not me. It's not me. So we do a little bit more. The questions got a little bit different and the answers were a little darker. And at one point there was one of the kids asked like a very personal question about them and their family. And I answered and obviously the answer was correct. And the girl like completely freaked out. Like she was like, tell me that you're moving this. Tell me that you're moving this. And everybody's like, we're not moving it. And literally, she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. She grabbed the board. She's like, she's like ah, this is too much. And before I knew it, she's going to the backyard and in a big metal trash can, she mm. threw it in there and burnt it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's not good. Well, we know that we know that being in the field now, but at you know sixteen, I had no idea of how to open one, close one, use one or any of the above. So I'm just thinking, oh, okay. And but then they, answer, But you could still answer her questions without the Ouija board. <laughs> so 100%. You, yeah, so did you do that and continue? Or did they no, say- they, No, 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 no. They uh, asked me to leave. They oh, they asked me. you to oh, leave. Oh, wow. Well, yes. That's probably good because they would have thrown you in the bin and burnt you like a witch. <laughs> just like uh, Yeah, boy. you know. Like the yeah, <laughs> it was definitely an interesting experience for sure. And so, yeah, so they, I was literally probably only there maybe an hour and a half altogether. So I'm calling my mom. I need a ride back home, not spending the night after all, and went home. But I will tell you from that point forward, um, I started going through a very, very, I want to say deep depression out of nowhere. Oh, um, I also, scary. yeah, I it, it, definitely I got an attachment from being there and with this Ouija board. It was, it was something very dark for sure. And it was definitely affecting me. And eventually it started showing itself to me. And it was just this person in a big black robe with, you know, the hood 
so you couldn't see a face. Uh, and it, I started over time, like, again, not only am I a psychic, but I'm also a very strong um, empath. And so, and a sensitive, so being around a lot of people, like, especially if it was negative, like I would just suck that energy up and it would become mine. So again, I now knowing this all in hindsight, I had no idea at the time what was going on. I, all I knew is that I was very depressed. Uh, I eventually started cutting and it was the one thing that gave me some relief because once I would cut it, I would be able to release all that energy. Cutting yourself. And go ahead. What'd you say? I said cutting yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I would cut in the inner my inner thighs, um, on my wrists and arms. And, you know, whenever I would be doing that, you know, this hooded guy, this robed guy would show up. And eventually I started having like very suicidal thoughts. And to the point that uh, I would be cutting myself and this figure would show up and he would say, you know, just push a little bit harder and it can all be over. You can come be with us. We'll take care of you. We'll protect you. Demonic creatures. Yeah. And, you know, part of me, because of in the depressed state I was, I felt like, you know, maybe that was the right thing to do. But again, remember, I grew up Catholic. And that's probably one of the cardinal sins would be to take your own life. So, civilly. Yeah, so I, I was very on, you know, the fence. And so at one point, you know, he just kept coming back and coming back and really more forcefully really trying to convince me to take my own life. And at one point, uh, I like just it set me over the edge and I started screaming at this thing. And I said, you know, if you were so powerful, if you could protect me, if you could do all of this, why can't you take, you know, my life? Why do I have to do it like you're if you're so powerful and why do you hide behind that hood why don't you show me ever show me your face mm -hmm. and i will never forget to the to my dying breath this thing turned around and said oh you want to see what i look like and me you know little rebel self i am i was like yeah <laughs> and he puts his head down and he puts his hands up to go like where the hood is to like start to pull it back. And I can see that it's long, long, bony, bony fingers and mm. like these longer nails. And then he pushes the hood off. And as it drops back, I look up and I will tell you, he looks exactly like something right out of a movie of Satan himself. That's frightening, scary. Yes. I wouldn't want to see yes. that. It, to be honest, was petrifying because. It scared the I, hell out of me. Well, it also well, comes only, back to the Ouija board that you use at that house. It'll come from that. Yes, 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 yes. And so, you know, first thing is I've never per se feared death ever. But what I, you know, did 
fear was like going to hell. And, you know, I guess grow up being Catholic and going to church every Sunday, you know, it's like your fear is that, you know, <laughs> Satan's going to come and get you. And so now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's true. And here he is, you know. But then I started like thinking about it and I'm thinking he can't. It, it, I mean, again, if this was true, if he was truly Satan, he wouldn't need me to push harder and take my own life. Like he could snatch it from me if he wanted to. That was probably so, not Satan. It was probably just another creepy ass demon that wanted to uh, torture you. <laughs> exactly. And you know what it is, is like, you know, now being in the field all these years, what I, you know, realized is that thing, especially anything really dark, mm -hmm. they know you better than yourself sometimes. And they know That's every true. single fear that you have. And so he had to go for, you know, the top one because not too much scares me, <laughs> to be absolutely honest, even to today. Uh, when I go on investigations and people get freaked out and you'll see them running and screaming and uh, no, like if somebody screams and runs from somewhere, that's exactly where I need to be. I need to go right there. I need to go yeah. see what's going on. Um, so, it, you know, it, although it tried to take me out, uh, I realized, okay, you know, you can try to manipulate the situation and manipulate me to do things, but I really think you're full of it you can't hurt me because if you could you would have already hurt me so it kind of lost some some power but it still like you know had a lot to do like with emotionally how i felt and i have literally had that thing oh i was 16 years old i have seen so many people in the field. I have had healers work on me. I've had demonologists try to remove this attachment from me. I've had all kinds of people work and it is still with me to this day. It usually only shows up when I am at my lowest. It like something just very traumatic happens. Um, but it seems like that's the only power or kind of strength that it has is that my weakest times, otherwise, I guess it just can't really affect me like it normally uh, would. So, uh, yeah, that was my first real experience with, you know, a Ouija board <laughs> to this day. Um, I speak um, a lot on Ouija boards and not wanting to, to use them. I, they, I, I will 100% agree. They are, they are a tool. They're a tool just like anything else that you could use. And you could have the same thing happen with any tool that you use. But it's also very important to understand the tools that you're using, how to use them properly, how to protect yep. yourself, you know, so. Uh, I have a question for you, Christine, real quick. Sure. Um, so you say that this, um, the guy still hangs around you. Um, don't you have like good spirit gods, good angels that can just easily boot him away? Or are you trying or not trying? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Are you just keeping him there just because you want him there? Do you, do you know where I'm getting, coming with this question? Yeah, um, you know, I definitely don't want it here. I, you know, obviously have went to great lengths over the years and tried all kinds of different things to get um, rid of it. You know, my angels and, and my spirit gods that protect me, um, it just doesn't seem like anything can get rid of this. So I, I'm not really sure if 
it truly stemmed from the Ouija board or if it was something that has always been with me. Um, because again, normally these kinds of things, especially attachments are, although they're hard, I know so many people in the field that are very, very um, successful in dealing with things like this. And so far, nobody's been able to help. But, you know, my my story, again, is, is very, very deep and very complex. And um, I, I believe that it's, it's all kind of tied in and it's more of, you know, just part of my journey and, and it's going to be there. And as long as it's not affecting me and it's not hurting me, I am completely okay. And it just seems like over the years, I've got much stronger than it has um, as far as allowing anything to affect me. Plus I learned, you know, how to meditate, how to ground, how to protect myself, which is all helped over the years for sure. Which again is why I, literally got into mentoring children and teens with psychic abilities because I was there. I know how scary it can be. I know how confusing it can be, you know, so, and I know how dangerous it also can be, especially I see a lot of teens now that are taking their kids or, you know, uh, allowing children to be parts of investigations and different things. So, so, you know, it's like, if that, if this is where the field's going, then, you know, people need to, to be yeah. more, more knowledgeable. With, with my group, the, I mean, if some, I only allowed uh, 16 years old and above, but if they were 16 up to 18, I'd have their parents with them, you know what I right. mean? Because I, it's not cool because you don't know, but I do have to come back and ask this because and I'm not being rude and, and, and I'm sure a big follower of yours. But I had a problem with Chip Coffee one time when he had mm-hmm. that one show where mm-hmm. he put these kids on television, you know, right. teaching them how. And what really got me mad, and, you know, I have calmed down a little bit. I just ignored it. But what bothered me the most was putting the kids on TV and showing them how to be a psychic and all this stuff. And, what bothered me the most was that what are they going to do when their their friends see them on TV? You know what I mean? To me, I think they would be ridiculed or made fun of. I would think that it would make life a little bit harder for them growing up. That's I just One, wanted to say that. No, and I, I agree 100%. Uh, I felt like, you know, although this is a topic and I think that it's an important topic because Again, although it's kind of a double-edged sword, that show did educate a lot of parents that, you know, when children are bringing up paranormal issues and experiences, that there could be something, you know, to it and not to just poo-poo right. it away. And but I agree with it that also, 100%. Right. But then on the other side, you're right. You know, now there are faces out there. People, you know, might recognize them from TV, see them, whatever. And then now they're ridiculed because I know, again, just through the few times, you know, that I would share with somebody I got close to, like what I experienced. And again, it was either the kid was freaked out or the parents completely, you know, said, uh uh-uh, uh, do not go around her ever again. So I just feel like it's kind of un- unnecessarily 
putting, you know, them out there to have to deal with that on top of everything else. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad you're teaching the children because they, and the parents, the parents are the biggie. Yes. Because I, I, whenever I, when I would go to a client's house and they were, you know, was involved in children, I'm like, you know what, tell, you know, if that kid starts talking about that dude over in the corner, listen to him and let him talk. Don't tell him nothing like it's not there you're false and it's not right i said no you can't do that you have to sit down and actually talk with the kid and just let him share a story because it makes him feel not so much wanted i think but part of their family structure did i say that right yeah well you know it's definitely a different time and age than it was you know before like when I was, you know, at first getting, you know, into the field, we didn't have a whole lot of all of the television shows and all the education and stuff like that. So it's, it's a little, you know, um, different now for the parents. I mean, it's key that they understand, but you also didn't see a whole lot of kids talking about paranormal stuff going on. Now you would get a lot of kids that, would say there was a monster in the closet or under the bed, or they could see red eyes or things like that. And again, for many children, if you just tell them enough times that it's imagine it's not real, it's you're all right. Eventually you're going to block those abilities out. But there are other kids that, you know, like myself, that there is no blocking it out. So you just kind of have to try to navigate it. And how do you navigate it? if you don't know what's going on. So, and then the parents, I can, I can help the kids. It's great. But if the parents don't understand and they're not on board and, you know, they're to support, you know, it's kind of all for, for nothing, but I am seeing that parents are much more interested, much more involved in getting their, you know, um, kids and their teens and stuff, you know, help with this kind of stuff. So it's, been you know a very long journey but i have helped a lot of kids and to be absolutely honest i what i do is i will mentor them one-on-one and then usually once a month we would have a group uh setting like a video call and i would introduce these children that you know are in around the same ages and stuff like that from all over the country and they were able then to not only know me who had a similar experience to them and understood them, but now they had a group of their own peers that were just like them. So that although they can't, you know, be open and have friends to be on board and talk about this stuff at school, there was now a place that they could and they could share experiences and they could, you know, uh, support each other. And, you know, so it, it, turned out to be something much bigger than I thought it was. And, you know, um, I'm really happy about that, to be absolutely honest. That's my biggest accomplishment, I think, in the field. How many children do you have? How many children do you have in your um, little um, discussion group? So I've always kept, uh, they're in different age groups. So I have not been mentoring um, for like the last five years, just because um, I have some, uh, major health issues. And so I had to back away um, from it, but I would do groups of 10 and they would be in different age groups. So each Mm -hmm. age group. And I've probably 
mentored. I think the last time that we did a count, it was like 116 kids raging from seven up to 17. So do you, do you contribute any of your health problems to the fact that you deal with the paranormal or do you think sometimes that there might be some kind of negative energy that's affecting your health? Yeah. I, I, the paranormal for sure has affected it um, over the years. I just have never stopped. You know, um, I live with a uh, terminal autoimmune illness um, that it's very rare and there's no cure for it. So oh, wow. um, it's, it's a, it's, what kind, what, like what kind of autoimmune is it? Like, cause I have the reason why I ask, I have three. And sometimes okay. I think that, it comes out, my flare-ups come out when I do do certain topics that we discuss on the yes. air or go yes. to different places. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So the illness that I have is called systemic scleroderma, seen sclerosis, and I have it with GI involvement. So it's um, a connective tissue disorder mm-hmm. with the most uh, common type. You have it externally. So it basically, um, your skin thickens and it disfigures you over time. I have, correct, yeah. I have a rare version and so it affects me internally. So this Mm. connective tissue grows like like ivy, let's say. Mm. Um, And so it grows and when it attaches to any organ internally, it attaches sections onto it, wraps around it until it no longer functions. So... Yeah, wow. so I've I've had you know probably thirty surgeries over the years, like wow. for everything. They you would go in and try to remove all of this um, connective tissue and scar tissue, uh, and it would grow back, you know, a hundred times faster. So yeah, it would, what you have is very like I have a connective tissue disease plus rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, Hashimoto's. I got them all plus. Gotcha. Yeah, you know how it is. But yours is mine isn't like terminal. Yeah. Just, well, you know what? To- I don't put I. You know the doctors. So I've been diagnosed now for about fifteen years, and the doctors told me. Well, originally told me that I had less than five years to live. Oh wow! And then so like I freaked out. Like my kids were still young. Like I was making a will and trying to make sure I had all my ducks in order and who was going to like help with my children, like just everything. And then five years came and left. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Is okay. it this, did you get it? Did you get a positive A and a, like they thought I had lupus. They still don't know. It's yeah. Lupus. Yeah. I, yeah. I've had a positive. And um, I also, they, this mimics um, lupus as well. So it's, it's in the very similar um, class. So yeah. yeah, I've had all the, the testing, but you know, my thing is, is I have always believed I live every day as if it is going to be my last because there is no guarantee that what will take me is my illness. It could be I could walk out, I could get electrocuted. Who knows? Yeah, you know, I believe. Yeah, yeah I believe Everybody's everybody has a birth like date mm-hmm. and you have a death date, yep. and you know nothing changes that. If it is your time to go, it's you are going to go. to go. That's right. And I learned that after having, you know, my near-death experience. Well, I had two. Okay, but- how, how did how did let's talk about that? How did that sure. happen? And and okay. let's talk about the first one. Sure. So the first one happened when I was about eight years old. So um, we were very poor uh, at 
time. And uh, my mom put us in the Salvation Army. Uh, I don't even know want to say it was, a, it was the church, but it was like, like a camp or whatever. And so they would take us like on field trips and stuff for the kids. So they took us out to Stinson Beach here in California. Now, I don't know if you guys know about Stinson Beach, but it is the one beach most known for shark attacks. It's shark infested. Let's put it that way. So, so I don't know if the church like was trying to get rid of us or what. Well, I don't know why they would take us there, but that's where they that's where our field trip was. So <laughs> they were up up on the the lit, or up on the hill in the parking lot, you know, getting all this stuff to take down. And all of us kids, we ran and went down, ran down to the beach. We get and I'm standing out there and we're, you know, in the water. I love the water. I'm in the water and everything. And <clears throat> all of a sudden I'm hearing these adults up at the van yelling and screaming. And so I look up and there's waving their hands up in the air and everything. Well, silly me, I thought they're waving to me. So I'm waving back and, you know, I can't hear what they're saying. And before you know it, this big gigantic wave came right over the top of me. The undertow sucked me in I hate that and one. <laughs> pulled me under. And literally I was like, it was, I was in a dryer. Like I was just oh flipping and round, around, around. And I could not get up no matter how much I was fighting. The more I was fighting, the scared, the more scared I was. So it was, it was all bad. And then next thing I know, I just went limp. And all of a sudden I saw this gigantic, like bright light in the water, underneath the water. Oh, I wow. can still see That's all the scary. bubbles and everything. And this bright light like just comes and completely was completely around me. Like I was in the middle of this light and whatever it was told me to relax. Everything was gonna be okay. And at that point, I just relaxed. And the next thing I know, adults were pulling me out of the water, I guess, doing, you know, chest compressions and everything on me to try to bring me back, which I came back. Now, again, that I didn't tell anybody at the time about that because I'm churches and my experiences were not a good, you know, collaboration at any point in my life. So, I just kind of was quiet about that, never said anything. Uh, but then when I got to be an adult, I had my second one and more profound. Um, I had a car accident. And mind you, I had been sick for and, and having issues for many years prior to that. Um, they say, oh, it's all in your head. There's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, if one more person tells me what I experience is in my head, I, I, this is, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm like, okay, eventually you convince me that I, I'm hallucinating or I'm a hypochondriac. I don't know, but okay, it's nothing. And so I get in a car accident and I ruptured my spleen. And so oh, they had to go in and do surgery to repair my spleen or remove it, whatever. I think they were thought they were going to have to remove it. They ended up just being able to repair it. But um, when they opened me up, here they see all this cocoon of all of my internal organs. Mm. And so they go in there. So they're working on me for like eight hours. And all of a sudden, I'm above my body in the operating room 
overlooking the gurney, seeing the doctors, seeing everything. Like I literally had to kind of manipulate my way over to see if it was me and sure as heck it was me. Now, mind you, I'm an adult now at this point, right? So I do know about the paranormal. I I do know about near-death experiences. Like I got very interested in all that off of TV and started researching. So the first thing I'm like, oh my gosh, am I dead? (laughs) And the first thing I'm thinking is, okay, I know that when you're in the hospital, because so many people have near-death experiences during surgery, mm-hmm. they normally will put something like on top of the big um, operating room light so that you'd be something that would stick out. So I'm looking, but there's nothing there. So I'm like, okay, so I'm looking at like the all of the machinery, all the mm-hmm. readings, I'm listening to what they're saying, all of that. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I don't know what's gonna happen. And then the next thing I know, I'm, not in that room anymore. I am now just in a room. It's just all bright light. There is no ceiling, no floor. It was just there. And I can see that there is my grandfather, who was Mm -hmm. the very first person close to me who passed away and came back and to see me right afterwards. Um, An ex-boyfriend of mine who was murdered in front of me Oh, I see. I see a couple other women who I have no idea. I have no idea at the time who they are. Later on, I find out through my father that it was family that had passed on before that I never met, and then the other people I still to this day have no idea who it was. So I'm looking and I'm just like, oh my gosh! And I'm trying to get you know my grandfather and everybody to come to me, and all of a sudden this male voice comes and says, you know that I. It's time. It's not my time, and I need to to go back. And not only do I need to go back, but when I go back, I need to be open about my abilities, and I need to help other people. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no! First of all, if you got me here, <laughs> I ain't going nowhere now. And that's very crazy for me to even say because, mind you, at the time. Like I have four children, and so my mm-hmm. children were young, and you know I provided everything for them. So I wanted, you know, the last thing I would ever do is want to leave my children behind without a mother. But where I was at, and in the headspace that I was at in this in this place, I was at mm-hmm. complete peace, complete peace, and it was okay. Like whatever was going to happen was going to happen, but I did not want to go back. I wanted to stay there, and this boys keep saying no you gotta go back and I'm like I'm not going back and you can't make me how about that and at that point I was literally yanked backwards with such force that it I mean it literally like pulled me back and I can still see everybody but they're further and I'm literally yelling to my like my grandfather and my ex-boyfriend like help me like I don't want to go back like help me and next thing I know I'm yanked back a second time and I'm still, yeah, two times. And then the third time I'm yanked backwards and now I'm back above my body in the operating room. And I can see that I have flatlined and they are shocking me. So at that point, they still don't have a pulse. And I see the doctor tell them to turn it up and that they were going to try one more time. If I didn't come back at that point, they would call it. 
So I'm literally just kind of watching this all in disbelief and they take it and they, when they put paddles down on my chest that last time, next thing I know I was back in my body and I'm waking up from anesthesia and I'm literally so panicked of what I just experienced that I'm literally telling everybody that will listen, the nurses, the anesthesiologist, everybody. And I remember this one nurse, she just came over to me and she just started rubbing my forehead and my hair. And she just kept saying, honey, honey, calm down. It's okay. Nothing's wrong. It, nothing happened. You're fine. You're fine. It's all a dream. It was just, it was a dream. You're fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. So I didn't say, I didn't say anything. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I, I don't even know what to do. I, now I still have to figure out how I'm going to process all of this. So I'm in the ICU. No, she's kind of blowing it off saying it's a dream. I would have been really, yes. you know. But again, a, a repeat of my, uh, you know, the story of my life. Anytime that I've tried to say something about something that's going on and experience in my life, it's been, I've been told it's not true. It's not real. You know, they kept trying to tell me it was just the anesthesia. It's just the anesthesia making you think it's okay. You're all right. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so the next day I actually, a doctor, cause I was at, a university hospital and this doctor came in and he was like, Oh, you know, Hey, uh, I heard that like you had a really interesting experience, you know, when you woke up from your surgery. Now I'm thinking right away, like he's probably a psychiatrist or something like they sent mm -hmm. them to, you know, commit me. And so I'm just like, Oh no, no, no. Uh, I've just had a lot of anesthesia, I guess. And, and he was like, well, no, you know, I, I, heard a little bit of a different story. So then he explains to me that he's actually a, some kind of a professor or something at the at the university and they're actually doing research on near death experiences. So um. he's that's why he's interested. So now I'm like, okay, I've never heard of and why would they, you know, be doing that here? But okay, so I tell him but I said, but you know what? It, it probably was the anesthesia because I actually have seen lots of documentaries on near-death experiences of people when they're in the hospitals. And they say that they mark the um, lights up above, you know, so that you'd be able to see a marker. And I said, and when I looked, there was nothing. Oh. And he writes something down and he gets this big smile on his face. And he said, okay. And he said, well, your experience, I believe, was very real. And he said, and I said, well, then why wasn't there something up there? I said, do you guys put him here in your hospital? And he says, yeah, we do, actually. And I said, well, then why? Obviously, I didn't see it. Why wouldn't I see it? And he's like, because out of the three ORs that we have, we have them in two of them and not in one. And that was the one that didn't have it. Oh. So Ooh. I was like, oh, okay. But again, that made me realize that if it is not your time. Now, how many times have we seen on the news or something that you see a car accident, right? And the car mm -hmm. is completely torn in half, right? And you, you yeah. say, how could anybody, nobody could survive that. And the person gets out of it with not a scratch, right? Somehow, or without bit, bad injuries. It wasn't their time. Yeah. But when it's your time, it's your time. It's just, so, yeah, it's true. Whenever it's your turn. Yeah, so I don't focus on that. I live each day as it's my last. I have days, and I'll tell you, my followers, my listeners, 
used to get so angry with me in the beginning of, of being in the field because they would say, oh, you know, I spent a lot of time in, the, in and out of the hospital. So I'll be in the hospital for three days and then, you know, I'll get out. I'll be out for a few days and then there'll be like a conference or like my friends are getting together. So we're going to go out and have some drinks and then I'll post about that. And they're like, you just got out of the hospital. <laughs> and then I'll go do an investigation. And then, uh, you know, three days later, I'm back in the hospital. And they're like, why would you go out? You're, you shouldn't be investigating. No. And over the years, they learned about me because when I don't feel good and I have to be in the hospital, I'm completely put out of commission. I, I have to submit. But if I feel good, oh, 100%, you're going to see me out there. I'm going to be investigating. If I want to go and live it up and, and go and have a party, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do whatever it is that I want to do while I can do it until I can't do it anymore. So if that means intermittently, that's what I'm going to be doing. So That is sweet. John, Thank you for John, sharing that. John, you're so quiet. Yeah, John, what's wrong? Come on, John. I can't get any questions. Hey, I got on, two. John, I got welcome two. to my world, buddy. Uh, I got two questions. One, did you ever try going the more? It's your background, hon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever gone, tried to go more traditional route of getting a priest and, you know, uh, try to drive that entity away? You know, uh, you know, even if an exorcism or something is needed, have you ever gone to like the pastor or the Catholic Church? I have gone to the Catholic Church actually multiple times over the years. Uh, I don't know how much you know about the Catholic Church, but Did to they help try you to get or? no, absolutely not, no, hundred yeah, percent not. They will not entertain it whatsoever. Nope. Yeah, I, you know, it took me. I had something in this house, and I kept going to my church, and it, it took six, eight months for them to just come, and they would only do a blessing. You know, they wouldn't try right. to drive it out of the house. That's more paperwork to get to that stage, you know. And yeah. it was uh, it was actually three, uh, 15, maybe th three, three and a half years later that uh, and it was in the middle of filming a movie that they brought a real uh, priest in. And he said, I'll do this for you. And he drove it out. But th th that thing was in this house for five years. But the, the other thing I want to ask you is what the hooded guy, when uh, he pushed back and showed you his face, do you think he showed you what you expected to see because he knew that's what would scare you the most? Because they can shapeshift. He could have looked like Daffy Duck, you know? <laughs> you know, he could have made himself oh, look yeah. like anything. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't think that um, he showed me them that way because that's what I was expecting to see. But I think that he did that because he knew like that was one of my top fears. So, you know, again, I, these things know us, you know, know us well. Yeah. And so, again, you know, at our weakest points, that's when they're kind of able to to get at us and, and do something that will will trigger something. Do you think to some extent, like with the metaphysical, that your mind is actually controlling all of this? That if uh, that you, in in a subconscious way maybe you wanted to be there and you it's a tulper I guess that you are actually creating this thing and it is really there but your energy is bringing this hooded guy in there. 
Well, I mean, I've I've actually seen people, you know, create poltergeists in their in their homes, and yeah. it absolutely can happen. Um, again, I feel like this has been with me for a very very long time, way before I knew anything about any of this stuff or. Mm-hmm to even be able to manifest something like that. You know, again, this started very, very young. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I had experiences uh, at four years old, uh, at like 12 years old, at 16 years old. So, you know, it seemed like something was else was always there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Carnation. I am, I'm getting there. Just wait, just wait, just wait. Relax now. Relax. I'm getting there. I'm glad you're 30 miles away from me. You would have bit my. Oh, I'm getting there. Off. Hi, Chaley. Good to see you. And I want to welcome every one of Christine's peeps that are here watching. Yeah, the show. definitely. It is a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you. And we'd love to uh, get your comments in. So if you have any, I think there is one there. Uh, um, but... Oh, wow. There is a lot of people in there. Uh, I mean, uh, said, how comments. do you feel about victims of abuse? As far that's as what, that's what someone's asking. How do you feel about victims of abuse? Um, I'm not you sure. think he's implying that they bring these things in like a yeah, negativity. Maybe. Yeah, maybe if they can, whoever put that, if you could just elaborate a little bit on on exactly what. <clears throat> Yeah, while they're while they are elaborating, I am going to mention our wonderful. Let me just get this. Oh, look at this! It's backwards, though. It's like a mirror. It's a mirror. Yeah, it's it's a a mirror. mirror. It doesn't. I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to um bring it to. Well, we see the words. You see the words. It's backwards, though. But that's right. So. I'm going to do a rock. Okay. I just want to stop one second and say a shout out to our wonderful sponsors at Carnation. Make sure you get your essentials or get your Carnation evaporated milk to make your wonderful pies. And then we have a holiday coming up. So Valentine's Day, make sure you get some Carnation instant evaporated milk or get some essentials breakfast bars drinks and fortified protein and multivitamins i want to thank you again carnation for sponsoring the second hour of chasing prophecy on the fm 105.3 uprn network and make sure you check us out on roku 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 whatever they know what i'm talking about i'll get that off christina i had uh when this stuff was peaking back in 2015 2016 i remember going over to buffalo wild wings i go there to watch the ufc fights and i and you know i had a table i get there early and it's just me and four chairs right and this kid comes over and he says can i sit with you because you can't get seated you know i said yeah good but we start talking and you know he recognized me because i'd been on tv and stuff but he starts telling me his story of these two entities in the house like you the hooded guys one was big the other was smaller and he said that the smaller one would kind of be pushing the big one back get away leave him alone but the way it worked out was the smaller one was actually the attachment 
and was trying to be like good cop, bad cop. And, you know, I, I started talking to him about, you know, calling upon Jesus to drive it out. And there are things you can do. And I tell you what, the kid, he, he said, but he's my friend and he's there. And I talked to him. It was as though he wanted the attention. And then he just abruptly said, uh, I told him, you got to do something about this. He abruptly looked at me and said, oh, my friends are here over there. I'll see you. I'm going over to the bar. He don't want to talk about it. So he got up and he, he walked away, you know. Wow. So it makes it, it is weird, though. I'm known in the UFO field, but I've had these paranormal things. And I've had so many people tell me their paranormal experiences. And the stuff is real. You know, well, have you yourself ever called upon Jesus to drive it away? And I mean, you could say a whole lot of rituals yourself without the priest, because I've had people right. say to me, you don't need the priest. It's what right. you believe. Do it's you the can belief. Do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I know I no longer follow the Catholic Church, but I am fully, you know, uh, Christian. And yes, I believe that, you know, that is the one way that I you know, would be able to get rid of this. Uh, you know, the last person who actually reached out to me to help me through some other people I knew was Bill B. And, you know, over time, I've really been thinking about it. And I guess I just feel like, okay, I mean, I'm just going to keep trying until something works. Or else I just, the other side is I just come to grips and just keep living with it, it like I have been all these years. And, you know, again, the only time is when I'm really, really sick. And it usually affects me like when I'm in the hospital or if I'm like super stressed out. Like I had my father pass away. Then my best friend was murdered. Then my mom passed away, who I was taking care of, and I found her. Um, and then my best friend went into the hospital and two weeks later passed away of cancer. Um, and I was like under so much stress. I didn't have time to grieve not one person, much less, you know, everybody. Uh, and so, you know, I noticed like if I'm really stressed out uh, or if, when I go to conferences, I really kind of stepped away from doing conferences anymore either just because there's just so many people and it just literally sucks me dry. And I'm one of these people, like, I don't just say, oh, hey, how are you? I'm like a hugger. I got to touch you. I got to hug you. And I'm immediately going to know what kind of person you are. But it is not good <laughs> sometimes. Do you, do you think this entity had anything to do with those deaths with your friend's being murdered in front of you, if maybe even causing those other people to die prematurely. It's hmm. an interesting thought. I've, I've never thought about it, but no, I mean, I, I can't really see any any correlation from one one to the other. Each each death was something very independent of the the others, and some of it was natural causes, you know. The, my friend that was murdered, you know, this was like the third time that the person who murdered him had tried. So he was just successful this time. So, no, I just, I will tell you, though, that it has been said for generations in my family that, you know, it, the curse, 
uh, you know, the, the, this curse that we have. And I didn't actually know where I got my psychic abilities from. I didn't find out until I was an adult and I, I already had kids and stuff. I happened to be going to Oregon and, and you pass this area called, um, uh, no, I can't even think of it. Well, there's this, there's this, yeah, there's this little small, uh, town in there. Right. And that we were driving. I'm like, Oh, I'd love to stop there so that I could take a look and, you know, see a cemetery. Cause it was like an old town. So we went there and we drove up there and my dad, they had always said, you know, that um, our family was from up there and I didn't grow up with my father. So I didn't meet up with them until I was um, already 18. So we never really had any discussions about my abilities or my experiences, anything like that. We would just, you know, daughter, father, you know, uh, time and, and talking. Uh, and so we go, I go to this cemetery and it was like I had been there before. And so I had someone with me and we started walking around. And literally, as I start getting to this one area, I start seeing all of our family, you know, headstones. <clears throat> but I'm seeing that all of them are the women in the, they all have the Freemason insignias um, on there. And then when I get to the back into the older part of uh, the cemetery and yeah, it's just filled with our family. So I, I called my dad up and I was like, Hey dad, you know, I'm here I'm at the cemetery. He's like, why are you there? And I'm like, Oh, well, I was on my way to Oregon and I thought I would stop by and see what was up. And he was like, Oh, I guess it's time for us to have this talk. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> what talk? Like, you know, I'm I'm grown now. Like the, the birds and the bees time is way past, right? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and he said, well, you know, the, you these abilities you have, you know, they they come from my side. And oh. so then he he started, you know, explaining, and um, also we were generations and generations of. Freemasons, very, very high ranking Freemasons at that. Oh, and so my dad, it stopped with my dad and then my uncle right um, below him didn't sign up. They would not be part of it. Um, but they said that the stories over time was that, you know, um, in order, the rituals that they would do in order to be able to have, you know, the money and the power and the prestige, you know, would be to like sell the souls of the grandchildren or to oh, curse nice. the, the other, you know, people. So again, yeah, you know, do I believe in a lot of that? I mean, when they, they've always said in my family that, you know, we've got this curse. And I will tell you that if there was no such thing as bad luck, I would have no luck at all. Anybody who knows me, they say that I have final, I have final destination luck. Mm. And anybody who's seen that movie, Final Destination, yeah, yeah. the craziest things, those are the kinds of things that happen to me. Not just regular bad luck. It's like something right out of a movie. And the crazy part is, is that when I tell people stories like this, you know, like you'll, you, especially when they're with me, I can see for a while they're like really intrigued, and then all of a sudden they're kind of like, yeah, starting to lose it, you know, like yeah, maybe she's adding a little extra, you know, that couldn't be happen until they start hanging around me, 
And then they see the craziness that goes on in my in my life. And they're like, wow, you really are serious about this. I'm like, yeah. So who knows? I mean, again, it could be something that's passed down, you know, generational. I don't know. I, don't you know, you think, I really, don't you think you can make your own luck too? I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Think a little positive, like this vibes are going away. But yeah. here's, here's something that, you know, I look at life and why do bad things happen to good people? You know, and you can't really explain that. Really good people, bad things happen, right? It, it, I've always believed that it's the sins of the parents are passed down to the third and fourth generation. Yeah. That what happens to you is not, a lot of times, not what you're doing. I mean, to me, I, I believe that the bloodline, the DNA is very powerful. And if, if your grandfather, your father did something and got away with it. You don't get away with it. It's passed on to the team. Oh, I think we. I think you get I, bad luck out of it. I I do think that you, you we pay the, for, for the sins of the father too. Yeah. I don't care. It, I mean, it's I, like it has to equal out yin and yang. It has to equal out. Christina, I do, but I go ahead. I just had a question. I, I see you had a lot of um, death in your life and family. Do you, have you had any experiences that you want to share? I know I had an experience with my mom. On January seventh, did you have you had any experiences with family or yeah, with like a, like a paranormal? Um, experience? um no, I, I would say the only experience I've ever had that was connected with family was my grandfather. Uh, he was the very first person uh, around me who had passed away as a child, and I was very very connected to him. And uh, he had we were building rebuilding the deck in the backyard i was helping him and he i ended up was going to come back the next day he was out there working he ended up uh, having a heart attack then my grandma had to call the ambulance they they took him and he you know died at the hospital before i could ever get there and so when they called to let me know my mama called i literally went straight to my grandparents' house and while everybody was in the you know living room in the kitchen kind of going over doing the adult things, I went into my grandfather's room and I went and laid in his bed and I fell asleep. And then the next thing I know, I opened my eyes wide awake. I literally saw my grandfather standing right next to the bed with his hand out and my hand like just on its own started rising up to like grab his hand. And as soon as I reached it, it was super, super cold. It like kind of like, I don't know if it scared, it startled me. And at that point it broke and he just like his silhouette dissipated. And I've never, until my near death experience, I had never seen him again. And it's very hard because I connect with other people's loved ones and I do readings, um, free readings for people a lot over the years. And I'm able to bring, you know, messages and comfort to people, but I've never been able to do no. that for myself or I've actually had a lot of people try to do readings on me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. it's very either apparent one or two things. Either it is just so generalized that it's like 
I wish I wouldn't have wasted my time because it's like, okay, I see like a grandmother figure. So do you have anybody that's died? Well, I'm 55. Of course I've got people who have died before me and my family, you know? And it's like, oh, did she have uh, red hair? No. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe it was like a an Auburn? No. Oh, uh, was it maybe like a strawberry blonde? So oh, here's... Here's what I say to psychic readers. If they come out and ask a question first, I, you know what I mean? If the reader right. comes out and says a question right away, you know, I would just like donate my money to them, get up and leave. Because <laughs> yes. you can really build on a question. Really. 100%. And I then, mean, I, and then uh, I'm somebody that I like to mess with them because once I see that you're trying to mess with me and you, you know, you're just fishing for information yeah. Now I'm just going to put some random information out there. Now you're going to tell me a whole story that I we both know is BS. So, and I'm just one of those people that, you know, I might call you out right there. You might be the next topic of my radio show the next week. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, 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 I <laughs> don't ever ask a question if you're going to never. You know, when you hear that reading reader go up <clears throat> and you sit down and she ask you a question. Just donate your money. Yeah, I, I find those like, especially the ones that are online. I mean, they yeah. can go check out your profile and they can see your whole family history by looking at the pictures. So I, I'm a little leery about doing anything like that online. I I don't know if I trust them. I mean, some of them. And now people can Google you. Like, yeah. I mean, it might, it's not going to be probably not everything is accurate. I know for a fact, <laughs> but I mean. People, oh yeah, go to your Facebook page. Yeah. Like there's things. Yeah. I always, when I do a reading, whatever, I, whatever spirit I'm, you know, interacting with, I always, you know, ask them to please give me information that only the person I'm doing the reading for and that that person would know. You know, so again, there, there's no. I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just the messenger. I'm just giving you the information, right. and it's either going to make sense or it's not, and that that's how it is. So. You know, if you start again, when people start asking all these, you know, questions and especially if they're asking the questions and they're not even and not even close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like right. I have. Uh, let's see. I have an M. There's yeah. an M. I, mean, they can no, be Mary, I, can I, Marie? I would like to share a story. I was uh, doing readings with a group of eight people all up and down 79 in Pennsylvania. And this is a this is the God's truth. We're down there in Washington, PA, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this one lady just kept looking at me, right? And I'm thinking, ah, something's fishy going on here. Long story short, she came to my table before she sat down. This is a true story, everybody. Before she sat down, I looked at her and I said, you better take your ring out of your purse, put it on your finger, because you have a habit of losing things. And if you lose that wedding ring, which I think you're going to get, then your husband's going to be awful mad. She put her purse down, put her ring on through, you know, she was trying to trick me, you know, and she put her ring back on her hand and then she gave me the money and left. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> it was funny. What, may I ask what deck you read from or do you read from a deck? I do not. I, you do I not. have awesome. no cool. idea how to do tarot. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no. no. What, that's why I said it's very raw. So it's whatever those messages are. And, you know, I, again, I'm very respectful in my reading, very respectful of the spirit, you know, to give me the information that 
you know, is going to help that loved one, you know, through this reading. And so um, we get some amazing information. And I think that reading like that is even better. Again, it's, there's so many different ways to do readings. Um, but th for me, that's, that's the way. And I, I just don't like to ask a bunch of questions because mm -hmm. again, then it, I start to think about you, my experience. <laughs> so do you, do you have any, do you have any messages right now coming in? Like you could share with anybody? I don't. And I will just tell you, um, I literally, uh, probably less than a week and a half ago had surgery and a blood transfusion. Oh, and boy. so anytime I have that, I do not open myself to any, any type of communication um, just for that. It, because one thing that for me, uh, and which is one of the reasons I used to do free readings. And so people used to, Oh my God, sometimes I was doing, you know, 30, 40 readings a day. Oh. And um, it yeah. just began to drain the heck out of me. You how know? do you keep? People, how do you keep? Like, do do things just pop in your head like you see on television, like Medium or Ghost Whisper, or just or do you have to yeah. actually channel the stuff? No, I, I mean I usually can. It, it depends. Usually I can visually see who I'm communicating with, and so I can describe somebody. I can. Um, certain clothing, like different things like that. Um, but I can communicate one-on-one -on -one with them. So they'll give me information. I mean, if, if you're sitting at home watching television, you get a thought in your head, like, oh, you know, I'm oh, really worried about, I'm really worried about the president or, or I have a feeling that something's going to happen. That kind of thing. Yeah. But you have no, control over that, Jenny. You yeah. Don't. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Do you have these things happen? But you get those. Or do you have to meditate too. on it? Because there's some that they have to go into a trance. Yeah, I don't go into a trance, and I don't really. I, I do right before I, a reading. I do kind of meditate just to kind of open myself up and clear everything you know out, so that I'm only getting those messages in. But I will tell you, messages come random all over the place. Okay. I, I mean, you know, when they who is it? The Long Island medium, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. If she's I become that. she's become very commercialized. But I will tell you, when I first um, saw her show, I was like, wow, when she was like at a grocery store and all of a sudden just had like a message for somebody. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's exactly how it is for me. Like, I can be walking all of a sudden. It's like, yep, you have to. I've even been like threatened by a five year old that if I did not give a message to the mother who I knew did not believe in psychics whatsoever, that if I didn't, she was going to come home and she would stay with me until I gave her mother this message. So, um, yeah, it can happen anytime. Okay. I have <laughs> a question. So I don't want you to take this the wrong way or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just asking cause I heard it on um, Marshall Taylor. I don't know if anybody listens to him. Um, he says when, um, he interviewed an exorcist, um, priest, who performs exorcisms. And he said, so how do you know that these thoughts that you're getting, these messages are not coming from something other than spirit? Like, I think John touched right. upon this earlier. How do you know it's not something that's not like a trick, a deception? Oh yeah. Right. Deception or some kind of good question. Demonic, demonic, entity that's saying oh why don't you tell that lady over there that she uh her mother has a message for her oh, yeah, like how yeah. do you know how do you know it's coming from spirit and not a fallen angel 
to be out? That's you- a great question. But for me, I I don't know. Like they, yeah, the messages, yeah. the messages come. And again, yeah. I visually can see what the person looks like. But again, there are entities out there that can shape shift and, mm-hmm. and yeah. show you in any form that they want. So if they wanted to show in, in a human form, I mean, again, I, I guess it would kind of maybe depend on the, on the information or the messages that you're getting, you know? Or, um, or it could be the feeling that you get when you're like, when I do that, I'm not trying to take over the show, but whenever that happens, it's just that I know who's there watching me, who's, you know, my spirit guide, my angels, they're there. So whatever comes out, I just say, you know what I mean? Well, let's get yeah, back that- to you. You say, I'm like, like, again, I'm not trying to be, you know, negative or anything. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm saying no, things that somebody else would want to, you know, probably want to say too. Like even with Sean, like how do you know your angel is really your angel? How do you know it's not somebody else I've worked that with them pretends for a to deceive time. you? Because I, yeah, I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying, how do you know for sure? You don't know for sure. That's why I think it's, it's a very fine line of where you need to be cautious and I, like I said, I don't, I don't, I never heard you do a reading. Maybe I should, um, Christina, like I see the comments in here. Everybody's, you know, saying that, you know, you're the, she's the real deal, but I'm not saying, I'm not denying that. No, I'm no, just no. saying, Absolutely. what if, how do you know, like the, the, the feeling or the, the channeling or the, or the, or the entity is, is who they say they are. Is it, is there something you can do or to know for sure that it's coming from, spirit and not somebody else that's what i is there a way that you can i don't know maybe not yeah i i mean i wish i could tell you i mean even all these years experiencing that you know there i still have plenty of questions and i still learn all the time but uh, you know i know that like for my guides and things like that they have a very specific like energy imprint so you you know you recognize that energy so you know that that's who you're dealing with now as far as the spirits like i mean again that that could be very true like something could try to deceive you the ones that i've connected with and i've given you know messages when i'm doing readings uh everything seems to mesh for them you know, and make sense to them. So I would assume if somebody was trying to trick them or something like that, that maybe a lot of the information wouldn't make any sense. Um, but here, here's an observation I got is when we started, you were saying about the entity and you were cutting yourself and he would say, cut a little deeper, cut a little deeper, come with us. Now think about this. You're able to see him, right? Now, yes. That happens to everybody you know, in one way or another, but they can't see that thing. So right. that's those messages, like, you know, the little devil on your shoulder that's telling the person, yeah, inject that needle. You need that heroin. Place that last bed at the casino. Double, yeah. double the amount of, I'm telling you, this stuff happens. And for the person who, you know, isn't like you, it's happening to them all the time. That's the people, yes. all of these vices and compulsions that's where a lot of this comes from, is but they don't realize that they don't have that awareness about them, and that's scary for the average person who's listening to this. It's telling uh, you, listen to the show, listen to the show, listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, again, that makes me think. I mean, I have seen things that are are very dark, or that are not a human spirit. So I, I mean, being able to visually see things the way they are. But again, I couldn't tell you if I've encountered or dealt with an entity that has shape shifted to take the appearance of something else. I usually just see whatever that true form is. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I have a question for you, Christine. Um, okay. A long time ago when I was really learning um, the paranormal, the spiritual, all kinds of, you know, this whole thing, uh, a friend of mine said that, with all the negative energy that you have created and it just goes out to the universe she claims that it's possible that that black blob or black person is all the negative energy that you released all a long time and since it's your energy it's staying with you what do you think of that I mean, again, it, it definitely could be possible, but just the fact that it was with me so young before I had a lot of this stuff going on. But I mean, again, definitely plausible. You know, do I think that's what's happening with me? Yeah. To be honest, I'm really not sure. Like your health. I know uh, once I went on an investigation, um, Sean was doing a class at Pentrafford High School where I live. Um, and he was doing a uh, class and we went to a, the Bushy Run battlefield. It's in what, in the, where I live, it's a battlefield. And it was at night and I was there, you know, the camp, they had the cameras, they had all their, you know, equipment, the paranormal equipment and something squeezed my shoulder and said, leave. Okay, and I freaked out and I left. Okay, <laughs> I ran as fast as I could. Almost got killed. Almost went through a major highway and get smashed. But I went home and I. People took pictures. Um, it was weird. Like they took a picture of me. Happens to be that next day, and there's this huge orb, like right in the center of my chest, and I was got that H1N1 so sick. I was so sick the next day. I was deathly ill. And I still to this day think that presence hooked itself to me. And I took it home with me. And it affected my health. And that was from that moment on until now. I've, I've like had one, nothing death, you know, nothing life-threatening. But all these, um, you know, autoimmune disease attack your, you attack your, your body attacks itself. And I still think, it's from that moment when that thing attached to me, what it was. I don't know who it was. I don't know, but I'm a little leery. Like Sean always wants me to go on investigations with him. And I'm a little leery about going because I, I know from past experiences what it does to me. If something attaches to me, it makes me sick. Yeah. So you that's why to, I'm you a little do leery. Have, you have to be, careful i mean again i'm just kind of one of those rebels that it's like whatever i'm i'm gonna do it regardless you know you so care. i really don't yeah i mean yeah it's I, I tell everybody if i could you know if my last breath is investigating or taking a shot of tequila then i rather take it, a tequila sorry <laughs> well, maybe one you, before the other maybe 
your family, your children, how do they feel about this? About your, so, you know. It was something that, again, when my children were young, I did not talk to them about anything. Okay. They were very kind of freaked out when they knew what I was doing. So we, we just didn't really talk about it. And it was kind of weird because when they were in school, like, they'd always say, hey, mom, my, my friend's coming over today. So do me a favor. Don't be talking don't talk about, about like you're paranormal. Don't be talking about you got a you <laughs> yeah. got a client. Like, please do not embarrass me like that. And I'm like, yeah. I've got you. See, that okay, was the opposite with me. My kids, they my they wanted me to do readings for them. It's like, okay, let's go out on the porch. Aunt Jenny's gonna do some readings. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that's the flip of it. So yeah, so for you know when they were all in school, yeah, it was like very embarrassing. Don't bring anything up. And again, I didn't want to traumatize my children. So like, yes, okay, that's fine. But as soon as they graduated, oh, now they want to come and they want to tell me all their experiences, yeah. everything that was happening. Oh, now all they tell all the friends every time that they get a new friend. Oh yeah. My mom, she's a paranormal investigator. Yeah. She's a psychic. Yeah. You need a reading. Yeah. She, you do a reading. Oh yeah. yeah. Somebody died. Yeah. She'll take care of you. And I'm just looking at my kids like, really? <laughs> Where'd this come from? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's amazing stuff. That's fun. Uh. Yeah. There's just uh it's just a, a different, I don't know. And it seems like it runs in the family. Like if I have, I have a little bit of intuitive nature and I'm a sensitive. You have a lot. You have a lot. Get it right. <laughs> and my son, he, my one son, he's really, he does cards and stuff and he's real um, intuitive. And he, ta he talks to a spirit guide all the time, which I find fascinating. I said, well, well, how come I can't talk to my spirit guide? You know, like, do you have any tips for anybody on how to connect with their spirit guide? So there are plenty of ways. Uh, let me just start out with a preface that, okay, in my opinion, everybody has psychic abilities. Everybody. Okay. So when mm -hmm. people are like, no, I don't have, I've never had anything. And I'll say, oh, have you ever like walked into a room and maybe met somebody and you've never met them before, but mm -hmm. you just know right away that that's not a good person. Yes. And, like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, so what do you call that? Oh, a gut feeling. Okay, well, you call it gut feeling. I call it some psychic abilities, all right? So we'll go through things. Most people that I have found is that usually by the time children go into school, if they are um, actively experiencing uh, things and talk about it and it's shut down, then it, by the time they go to school, they, they get a block up and yeah. done deal. That, um, happened, that happened to my son. Um, oh, okay. The eight up to the age of, before, up to the age of 10, he had, he loved, you know, psychic abilities. He loved talking to ghosts and spirits and that. But he became, when he turned 10 years old, it all stopped. Yeah. And he, well, and usually they have stopped. some, usually they'll have some kind of experience, which is a different experience than, you know, the original. So like, again, for me, when, when I was young, everything was very positive. I didn't have any like, anything negative to compare yeah. it to. So by the time that I did have, you know, something negative, then you're like, Oh heck no, I don't want these abilities. No, and it, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. But again, so a lot of people block it. A lot of people now as adults, all of a sudden are unlocking, you know, the abilities are coming through and they're like, Oh my God, I don't know what to, I don't mm -hmm. know what to do. Um, so my bet, you know, I tell people it's our human nature to fear what we don't understand. Right. Exactly. So 
the best thing that you can do is get the knowledge. You know, if they, you know, find it out, do the research, do what you have to do, you know, because even for people with abilities, once they're reactivated like that, they're not, it's very hard to shut them back down. It's not like being a kid, you know, where you can, you've got a lot more power to, to put up that wall. Once you're adult and they reactivate, like you're pretty much going to be dealing with it. So at that point, it, you need to learn to be able to manage it and control them. And mm -hmm. so my biggest thing is meditation. You know, yes. meditation will be your best mm -hmm. friend, you know, and I get a lot of people too that are like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm Christian or I'm Catholic. You know, we don't meditate. You know. <laughs> oh, That's I thought the Catholics meditated all the time, oh but it's not God. the same kind. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And so I'm saying, well, you know, the thing is, like, when you're saying your prayers, right? You're asking for things. Well, when you're meditating, you're just letting open and receiving. You know what comes through, and they're like, oh. Well, that's much different. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, and they're like, well, yeah, I can't sit cross leg, you know, for two hours, you know, doing him a chance and stuff. No, no, that's not what you have to do either. I'm like, I can send no. you an eight minute meditation and do it, you know, every day before you go to bed. And yep. they're like, really? So, yeah, I mean, there's very simple things. But again, most people don't know. And again, a lot of people still to this day are afraid of these things you know, these different well, yeah, things. Yeah, it's scary. Like, I know myself, I've had, I don't know if it's the same thing, like the shadow people, the figures that you see at night, you can't move, sort of like mm -hmm. sleep paralysis. And yep. I always wondered, we've had a show on this a number of times. We probably should do another show on it because it was really good. Now I get um, mad at him. Brian Sharp, yeah. Um, because him, well, because he's a psychologist, Brian Sharp was on this show a couple times and we discussed the sleep demons. Like I call them sleep demons because you would go into you'd fall asleep, and it seems like it happens like maybe a few moments after you fall asleep where you can't move, you can't open your eyes, mm -hmm. or you can open your eyes, but you can't move, you can't yep. talk, and you're like, mm, 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 mm. you're trying to say mine was always mom. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, friend. But yeah. I would get it like, oh my God, my whole like pre-adolescent, adolescence, and into adulthood that I would scream, and um, my I probably scared the hell out of my kids. I don't know how many times I'd scream, you know, I help, and then you can't move, and you can see the figure in in front of you, and it's like it looks like a sort of like one of them alien gray demons you know it's like one time the one pulled my sheets my covers down i'm like oh my god and I'm, i can't move <laughs> and there was a show called evil i don't know if any of out there have seen these that That's oh creepy. my god evil is the best scariest series on i mean because it talks about this creature like a demon that sits above your you know and it, it torments you so mm -hmm. it's like if you have if you I started having them, but then I started having where I would have my premonitions about the same time. And I would have like telepathic things or I'd think of somebody and the phone would ring or I'd see a dead relative. You know, it's like it's all started from that moment on. I'm like, what are they connected like the sleep demons? But for a child, we I've, we talked about this a number of times. I think I would wouldn't a child be terrified um right. if this if this happened to him and then they started hearing voices and then they think oh god i'm um like 
Lynn, you've you've heard of the creepy shadow people. Yeah, the hat man. They're 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 scary, and so many young children. It seems like it's like pre adolescence, like puberty that they start. I don't know if it it's something to do with hormones, but a lot you know, of young a lot of young kids though they don't know that this is good or bad. Right. It, it's like yeah. okay. Well, I see somebody over there. He's not eating me, so he wants to play. <laughs> yet. He's not yeah. eating yet. I mean, he wants to play. He wants to talk. Okay. You know. Yeah, um, it really kind of just it depends. Like, I, I experienced what well, I have for a very, very long time, sleep paralysis as well. So you had that also, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and I also, um, I have a lot of the precog dreams, um, premonitions. And yeah. mm -hmm. so, like, Usually when I wake up from those, I usually have the sleep paralysis. But, um, you know, that's why I said I, I think my fascination in the paranormal is just more so than just the paranormal because um, I've also over time believed that I've also been a contactee. So which is kind of linked to the, my precog dreams. Oh, yeah. And, like and all of that. Together. So, yeah. So, you know, I've always say, you know, there's a lot in the paranormal that, you know, links between the fields. Uh, it's it's always yeah. kind of been crazy to me that the fields are so separate. You know, the people in the paranormal don't believe in ufology and the people in ufology don't believe in the paranormal. And cool. neither one of them believe in Bigfoot or, you know, the Loch Ness Monster. So it, it's like and everybody is an expert and everybody knows everything and nobody knows a thing to be absolutely honest. So it's like, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out. So, but I do believe and doing research over the years and having so many um, clients and stuff, you start to see the similarities in different aspects. Like if they're having paranormal experiences, yeah, they might be having sleep paralysis and yeah. Oh, and why are the shadow figures looking like little grays and yeah. oh, why, why are they, they having grays? Right. You know, really. so again, it's very different, but I feel like it's, you know, very, very connected all, you know, together, which is why I've always covered all the topics. Christina, what's your views on the afterlife? What do you think happens when somebody passes and when does it happen? And what is your views overall? Well, you know, again, this is something where, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to know. I mean, I interact with spirits and some of them, you know, have will tell me that they've crossed over. They're in a very beautiful place, very tranquil, you know, peaceful I have other people that have maybe uh, died tragically or suddenly or maybe even took their own life. And they're kind of, and I don't want to say even purgatory, but it, it's just in kind of a middle ground, you know. Um, but I've never been able to, like, experience or interview somebody maybe who has memories of you know past lives or, or or things like that or reincarnation so you know i feel like some people you know um cross over and you know again i do, do you think there's a real heaven and hell i, I don't i don't okay you i know, don't i think i'm torn because i mean again of my upbringing but i mean i i don't 
I've never had a reading with somebody who says, oh, I'm in hell and I'm burning up. And I've never had somebody say, oh, I'm in heaven. I mean, they will say, oh, I'm, I'm at peace. It's very beautiful. I'm very, you know, happy. Maybe, maybe the w people you can only contact are the ones that are still here wandering because the heaven and hell people, they're not here anymore. You know, they've moved <laughs> you know on. What? So you Here's got my middle theory. earth people, the middle, middle earth. Here's What's my your theory? theory? We're living in hell right now. I agree with you. <laughs> and right? when I die, I agree with I'm going to a nicer place. That's yeah. I would say anything can be better. <laughs> but, you know, Sean, this is the way I look at it is, you know, God is good. And God's not throwing us in a lake of fire to burn, you know, for a million years. You know, but he, that is said that it will happen, you know, and that's, that's where people get confused with hell. That will only happen to the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the devil himself. Those are the only three people that get thrown in a lake of fire. No, nobody else, nowhere else did it say humans would be thrown into a lake of fire. The thing that Jesus actually said was that when you die, it's over. It's, it ends. It ends until that final judgment. But then, yeah, I, but then I can't reconcile that with, with what you're saying, Christina, because there are things still here. So maybe this maybe this is hell, and this is where people are until that final judgment. Because otherwise, who are we contacting? Right. <laughs> We're contacting somebody. And the yeah. old Catholic Hey, John, I want to see where it says that Jesus says it's, this is it. You're, this is the end. I think we'll you're speaking of the Old Testament. Week. Well, you know, you know, I'm reading the book right now, and I'm not done yet. I'll have it done by next week, and we'll talk about it. But it, it talks about that the whole punishment and reward thing came really from the Greeks and Homa. Jesus didn't say anything about that, not for humans, you know. But and and his view was well. Didn't he say, "Whoever believes in me have everlasting life"? Okay, this is for another show. This is for another show. We got Christine here. That comes at the judgment. I'm, I'm more worried about dying being eaten by a shark, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. I'm, I'm curious to be eaten people, by a shark, though. That would... I'm curious what people who have this ability think happens at the moment of death. Do you go somewhere for two days, like Haiti, Sheol, you know, and you wait Well, for watch Days of Our Life, because Marlena, Kate, life. <laughs> and Kayla are all going to hell. <laughs> oh, my God. It's interesting. No. Yeah. It interesting. I will say, you know, in the paranormal, I mean, I've been in the field for a very long time and have experiences for a very long time. There has been, you know, good and bad and everything. It's definitely been a learning experience. I got in, you know, when it wasn't popular, when nobody knew anything about it, you know, before really like right, probably right when the show, the TV show started, you know, coming out maybe. But, you know, Every single thing that I've learned, my thing is I've turned to a positive. Anything bad, I've had a lot of, a lot of really scary investigations. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Give but, us one before you leave. And I got All right, I, let's yeah. let's talk about the Union Brewery. That's my the most recent one uh, that I did. So there is a bar. It's called the Union Brewery, and it's in Virginia City. Um, Nevada. For I anybody that there. I was just there a couple months ago. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> so anybody knows about Virginia City, it is a the whole town is haunted. Uh, it's got the Washoe Club. That's the, where it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mac Mansion. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. It's yeah. The, it is the whole town. Like there, you you can't go anywhere in that town. Well, it's literally one street, you know. But anywhere you go in that town, any building, it's going to be haunted. So anyway, I was invited up there. Now, my grandfather was also a clamper. So I always knew about Virginia City, always knew that it was like haunted, but I had never been up there. So one of my friends um, out here, she was like, hey, we're going to go up and we're going to go investigate. Would you like to go to Virginia City? And I'm like, Hi, yes, let's go. So she's like, yeah, one of my friends, she's going to be there. She owns a bar up there. It's her birth. It was going to be, it was my birthday that following week. She's like, uh, it's her birthday too, so we're like going to go up celebrate St. Patrick's Day, your, your guys' birthdays, and uh, would if you want, she if you want you can go the one of the days we were like for four days. She was one of the days you can go um, and do a walkthrough of her bar and let her know if you pick up on anything. So I was like, sure, yeah, I can do that. Didn't ask anything else, just move forward. I mean, people ask me to do that stuff all the time, so. She, her and her friend get to the house and it's probably like two in the morning and we were supposed to leave at five. So they wanted to like get a couple hours sleep. So they fall asleep. We get up, we uh, go up there. And mind you, as we going up there, this horrible storm hits. And so like, I thought we were not going to make it. So we get up there and by the time we get there, my nerves are frazzled. So first thing that we all decided to do is we're going to go have some drinks. So I start having tequila, shot, shot, shot. Then we go to the bar and we have a couple more shots. And then in the middle of the night, some other people from the town that are investigators that came by and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, you're here. Do you think we could go over into the bar and go down into the basement? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so she says, hey, Christina, uh, do you want to go over and like, go up to my apartment with me and see what you, you know, see. Now, first of all, sober Christina knows better than to go and try to do a reading or anything when under the influence of any kind of alcohol, right? But drunk Christina got asked and drunk Christina said, oh, yes, that sounds like an amazing idea. Let's go. I don't need protection. I don't need nothing. I don't need to do anything. We're just going to absolutely I'm on with you. So we go across the street. So we go through the building. Half of the people go down to the downstairs. We go upstairs. So we open the door, walk into the, she has a three bedroom apartment above the bar. So we walk in the door, she flips on the light and she's like, so do you see anything? Now, mind you, I don't know this woman. I had just met her. She's like, so do you see anything? And I look and I see <laughs> just, like it was a regular person, a guy standing right in the living room of her apartment. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, what do you see? And I said, uh, a guy. And she's like, oh, what does he look like? And so I look and I start describing what he looks like. Right. And as at that moment, he looks at me and he like has this look on his face. Like he realizes I can actually see him. And the next thing I know, he comes running at me full force. And the next thing I know, he took me over. Now, oh again, I'm 55 years old. I've had my abilities my whole life. I have never, ever, ever had something like this happen. 
Next thing I know, I'm having a conversation with her and I'm saying, oh, it's me. It's me, Nick. I need you to forgive me. I'm so sorry. It wasn't wasn't me. It was the building. And I'm saying all this stuff, right? And she's looking at me. And mind she, she again, she doesn't know. She only met me for like a couple hours and then the car ride, you know, for a couple hours. That's it. So she looks and all of a sudden, like her eyes will up and she looks away. And the next thing I know, I feel my hand like reach out and grab her by her face and twist her face to look at me. And I'm screaming at her. You need to listen to me. You need to forgive me. It's me, Nick. And she just like, he's like, like, what? And I said, if you don't believe me, now mind you, I can hear what I'm saying, but it is not me saying none of this because I don't know who Nick is. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know anything about the building. So I'm just like, I'm, I can hear myself saying it, but it's not me saying anything. And I'm like, if you don't believe me, this will make you know that it's me. And I reached backwards and there was like a table behind us, like a like a, a wooden bench table. And I put my hand back and I grab the, something and I bring it back and I put it in her hand. And I'm like, if you don't believe me now, then you or somebody, you won't believe me. Uh, and she looks at and it's a box and she looks at this box and she just burst into tears and she took off running out the door and down the stairs. Wow. So. I'm like, oh my God, like I, what, what do I do? So I go running down behind her. Now, once I got out the doors of the building, the connection dropped. So I knew that he was basically contained inside. But now I get out there and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what am I going to do? Because I'm not supposed to eat. <laughs> you need a ride. <laughs> she, and I'm staying with her. We're all staying together. So she went to one bar and I went to the other bar. And so we just ended up drinking the rest of the night and then we went back and everybody went to sleep. And first thing in the morning we wake up, who wakes up first? But me and her. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna have this conversation? And I look and you could see on her face by her, uh, down by her uh, jawline, there was fingerprint marks where I bruised her cause I grabbed her so oh. tightly. Now I'm looking like, oh my God, like, is she going to want to fight me? Like, what's, <laughs> am I going to be stuck in Virginia City? And, you know, I said, she said, can we talk? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think we should. And I'm like, I really don't know what to say. And she's like, just tell me, did so-and-so tell you anything about my bar? And I'm like, no. And she's like, you're sure? And I'm like, I don't know any. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, well, I will tell you, I did not believe in psychics, not one bit. And she's like, till you, you've made me a believer. And I was like, why? And she's like, yeah, who you described the other day was my ex-husband who died yeah. in my apartment. And on top of it, um, he had said, like, they bought the bar and he was doing renovations. And during the renovations, she said he started to change. And mm. they start having all kinds of activity. They were bringing in all kinds of investigators to try to figure it out. And they were like, pe people were doing rituals in the, in the basement and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, she said, 
then what was the one thing that really made me know is she's like, do you know what that was in that box? And I'm like, how am I going to know what's in that box? I said, I had never been in there before. And it was some cufflinks. It was the last gift she had given him. Wow. That's crazy. But Christine, I want to thank you for joining us tonight on Chasing Prophecy Radio. It was a pleasure. We're going to have to have you back. But thanks again for everybody in the comments. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Check us out next week. All you new people out there. Roku. Roku. Definitely would love to have you back as regulars. Have a great night. And thanks again for watching Chasing Prophecy. Have a great night. Nighter. The devil made you do it. Yeah, the devil. Uh.